Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for joining with us today. Let's get started. I really wanted to take a quick second just to thank all of you who continually support and listen to James Miller Lifeology Radio. It has been such an exciting adventure for me. There are so many amazing things that are happening over here that I definitely want to share with you. So for the next few months, every person who signs up for my free newsletter will be entered into a drawing. In this monthly drawing, whomever wins will win a free 30-minute Skype call with me, James Miller. I will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. So go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, and sign up for my free newsletter there. Who knows? Maybe you will be the lucky winner. So sign up today. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to help you redefine who you are. I'll also be interviewing business expert Steve Olsher, who shares his wisdom and how he helps his clients redefine who they are to reach their highest potential. You all know me as a psychotherapist, but some of you may not yet know me as a composer. I currently have two albums which have been released. Think of both albums like books. Each original composition is written like a chapter in a book. The first album, Consolation, explores a character's grief and loss. And just like in any book, the story explores a character's heartache and eventually he finds healing and hope. The second album, Restoration, explores a character's personal development. He has an awakening, and in that awakening, he recognizes all the things in his life which aren't healthy, and it helps him come to a place of restoration, being restored to something greater than before. You may purchase both albums on iTunes or any other digital music store. The names of the albums are Consolation and Restoration, and my stage name is James S. Miller. The name of the piece you are currently hearing is from the second album, Restoration, entitled Restoration. As a man was passing by a herd of elephants, he suddenly stopped, confused by the fact that these huge creatures were being held by only a small rope tied to their front leg. It was obvious that the elephants could at any time break away from these bonds, but for some reason they did not. He saw a trainer nearby and asked why these animals just stood there and made no attempt to get away. Well, the trainer said, when they were very young and much smaller, we used the same size rope to tie them, and at that age, it's easy enough to hold them. As they grow up, they are conditioned to believe they cannot break away. They believe the rope can still hold them, so they never try to break free. The man was amazed. These animals could at any time break free from their bonds, but because they believed they couldn't, they were stuck right where they were. Like the elephants, how many of us go through life hanging on to a belief that we cannot do something simply because we failed at it once before or we continually focus on our past? Who am I? Growing up in school, we were often labeled by the type of groups we hung out with. For example, there would be the jocks, the smart kids, or the band kids, or the loners. Those types of labels kind of stuck with us as we grew up. And of course, in our 20s and 30s, we developed who we wanted to be based off of our careers or based off of the different life changes that happened. For example, you're now married, you're a parent, you have kids. Those types of labels then define who we are. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but one of the difficulties is when we go through something that's very overwhelming or a struggle, we often will use that label to then determine who we are. Many people externally don't know that when it comes to our self-worth, we often perceive our ability to overcome something based off of what's happened before. For example, if you went through a breakup, if you went through a divorce, if you went through a bankruptcy, those types of insecurities and events all of a sudden become the label that you call yourself. 
So when you're trying to do something different in your life, those labels may not be in the forefront of your mind, but they will come out, which stops you from being able to successfully achieve that next venture in your life. One of the things I'd really like for us to focus on today in this lesson is to really ask yourself, well, who am I? When we get stuck in what was with those labels, that then determines who we're going to be now and even in the future. One of the things I really encourage my patients to do, actually something I do myself, is every morning you want to create some type of ritual to get yourself in the mindset of who you want to be as opposed to who you were. When you can start your morning with a form of self-affirmation, it actually really makes your day go really well. Remember, I've taught you before that however your day starts is indicative of how your day is going to be. So if you start your morning out with these types of self-affirmations, you will find that they actually really give you the strength and energy you need to get through anything you're going through. Here are some examples of those self-affirmations. I am healthy and strong. I am successful. I am smart. I am financially secure. I have a bright future. I am attractive. I can overcome anything that comes my way today. These types of affirmations, although they kind of sound cheesy as I say them, but these types of affirmations allow you to start to believe that within yourself. Because when you believe this as you start your day before you've experienced any type of adversity, it helps you draw on those new labels, which then gives you the fortitude and strength to overcome any obstacle you're in. And the more often you say those affirmations and the more often you believe them, that is who you will become instead of those labels in your past, which have told you that you will not be successful, which have told you that you're not going to reach your highest destiny. So the lesson today is simply start your day out with some form of self-affirmation. Who you want to become is who you will be, but you will only become that person once you change your belief system. And that is just simply by redefining who you are based off of these self-affirmations. When you focus on who you want to become instead of what your past labels say about you, you will find that you will move in that direction. Whatever a man thinks, so shall he be. Are you a life coach, author, speaker, and entrepreneur who is serious about getting massive exposure for your business? Well, you need to secure your seat at the inaugural New Media Summit and get the high-level visibility you deserve. Come see me and 39 other high-profile media influencers September 21st to the 24th of 2017 in beautiful San Diego, California. At this summit, you will receive detailed training on leveraging and monetizing the power of new media and have a guaranteed face-to-face meeting with me and 39 other high-level media celebrities who could make you famous with the push of a button. Seating is limited, so reserve your spot today. Simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, and the first thing you see there is the links to this phenomenal event. Simply click on the link and purchase your ticket today. Remember, this is the number one event for connecting with the world's leading influencers and getting booked on today's most listened to, watched, and read new media outlets. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and purchase your ticket today. I look forward to meeting you very soon. Steve Olser is known as the world's foremost reinvention expert, famous for helping individuals and corporations become exceptionally clear on their what. That is, the one thing they were created to do. His practical, no-holds-barred approach to life and business propels his clients towards achieving massive profitability while also cultivating a life of purpose, conviction, and contribution. Welcome to my show, Steve. Yeah, man. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on my show. I know you're very busy, so I'm really, I'm really honored that you'd be on my show with us today. Well, I appreciate the invite. Yeah, so you have done so many things. You've been uh, 20, 25 plus years as an entrepreneur. I mean, you've done, I can go through the whole list and we'll definitely talk about the things that you've done. But did you always know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? I don't think anybody ever really knows anything in their life, do they? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's one of those things, I think, more by trial and error than anything else where you uh-huh. just step up and you go, okay, I'm going to get a job and and then you start working for people and you go, Jesus, I hate working for people. So then you start doing your own thing. And you're like, Jesus, I hate having the pressure of having to do it myself. And mm-hmm. then you look at the two and you go, 
all right, which is the lesser of two evil, having to create my own paycheck or uh, having to create one uh, for somebody else? Yeah, yeah, and that, that's a really good point. And then finally, that's usually, the, the, I guess, the tipping point for many people is when they look at you know, the, what they're making versus what they could make. I know for me, uh, a quick aside, I remember when I first started my private practice about that's 12 years ago, and I was working for a company, or for, for a clinic, and I was getting like 50% of my check, and I'm driving all this way down to the clinic. And finally, I was like, you know, I can do this on my own. I'd never done it before. So I did it, and the clinic manager was like, James, you're going to fail, and when you do fail, we'll, we'll accept you back. It's hard out there. And, and in that moment, I was thinking, okay, well, I have a choice here. I'm going to use those words <laughs> because when someone tells me I'm going to fail, then clearly I'm not going to because I'm going to use those words to kind of launch me <laughs> into the next vision of my life. And so with that, you know, 12 years later, I still have a very viable, uh, very successful practice up in the D.C. area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, sometimes we succeed in life because someone tells us that we we can't do something. And so then we get all fired up and we're like, oh, I'll prove that person wrong. Mm -hmm. And then there's other times where we have a, a, a good degree of success because someone tells us we can do something. And it's that positive reinforcement and that positive, uh, you know, approach to to building someone up that that gets you to to where it is that you want to go. So it's just interesting how we respond to mm -hmm. uh, either someone telling us we can't or someone telling us we can. Different avenues of success will definitely allow for us to become as successful as we can be should we be aware of those different serendipitous moments, whether they feel good or they feel badly, if you will, but they will always launch us into our career once we pay attention to what is around us. For sure. So now let's let's look at some of the things you've done. So you are... are are or maybe perhaps were the chairman and founder of liquor.com, which is an on, it was, you know, everybody knows about liquor.com. I mean, how did that even come about? So that's a, uh, that's a present tense. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's still very much alive and well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I've been online for, for a long time. I've actually been online since 93 when we launched on CompuServe's electronic mall. So oh, wow. I, uh, yeah, so I really did, uh, I really did see the internet kind of, you know, world converging on the, on the, on the real world, if you were, uh, if you will, for, for a long time before folks ever really stepped into this arena. I mean, to the point where we actually built an e-commerce site in 95. So it's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I did really see it early on. Unfortunately, uh, we got caught up in that dot-com hype just like everybody mm -hmm. else and uh, everything imploded around 99, 2000, um, including liquor.com, which was a domain that I had picked up in 98 and I had built uh, a company around that. And uh, and so we had the S1 file. We were ready to go public in the whole nine in uh, March of 2000. Everything imploded. Wow. And uh, and then uh, literally walked away from everything, including the domain, for about uh, almost six years and uh, ended up reclaiming the domain. Kind of a long, convoluted story we don't have to get into, but reclaimed the domain uh, from a guy who had uh, somehow gotten it uh, and uh, tracked him down to the country of Panama and, wow. uh, and ended up giving it back. <laughs> oh, wow. And, uh, Yep. And, uh, and today uh, it is alive. It is well. It's based out of San Francisco. I'm based in San Diego. Uh, and uh, it's all about mixology and cocktail culture, what to drink, where to drink, how to drink. Wow, that's amazing. And, you know, one of the biggest things when, in any type of business strategy is you find a need and you fill it. And there's clearly is a need for that for many people all throughout the world. I think that's a, that's a really good point is sometimes we do something that fulfills us and, and, and just really solves the need that we have in terms of service or in terms of just mm, 
waking up with a fire in our soul and doing something that uh, that we really enjoy doing. And other times, it's more of a commodity-oriented business mm-hmm. where you just simply see a need in the market and uh, and you create something around that. And I don't think there's any shame in doing that either. And I think that there's a lot of people who get hung up and saying, you know, you have to do something uh, that really fulfills you. And uh, and sometimes fulfilling the needs of those who you serve is enough. Exactly. And it also goes back towards a metric of success. You could be the most successful person in something that you may specifically not like. Or that, that may not be your favorite subject or favorite type of business. But the fact is that your your metric of success is now you have the ability, since you're very successful in one way, to now use that money to perhaps do something you do like or perhaps afford a lifestyle that you really do enjoy. So it really goes back to, the, the like I said, the metric of success as far as how you quantify that or how you determine your level of success based off of what's the outcome. What, what is it that you're trying to gain in the end? Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's a really good way to look at it. And, and most of us live our lives based on what it is that we want versus what it is that we actually need. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think if we can take a step back and really think about what it is that we actually need, uh, we may make different choices with our career. Exactly. And that's actually one of the things I do when, and when it comes to counseling as well, is we talk about, I really help people differentiate between need versus want, because sometimes we think they're one and the same, but they're absolutely not. You know, you look at a relationship, you say, I need this, but it's really don't, you want that. So you really have to look at for yourself is, you know, I, just like we said, what is it overall that you're trying to accomplish? And how do you kind of winnow everything down to that specific foundational piece of what is it you truly need? And I think that's a really good segue into your book. What you talked about is, you know, discovering your what. You know, um, you know, what is your what? I, I think that's one of the most important things that people don't really know about or, or haven't really sat down and kind of think about it. So tell us mm-hmm. more about your book, because I, I really want to get into that and, and see how that really was applicable even in your own life as you segue through these different journeys that you have as well. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, right? In, in author land, they say that you write the book that you most need. And uh, and so that, that's certainly a question that I've been struggling with for most of my adult life anyway, which is, you know, what, what is it that, that I am naturally wired to excel at? You know, mm-hmm. I tried the Myers-Briggs and the What Color Is Your Parachutes and <laughs> all of those. And really, they just left me with more questions than answers. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, I started, well, really just trying to figure out if there was an easier, more simple framework that we could create uh, to help, of course, myself, but also others. Uh, really get to the answers that they were looking for and, and and not just from the standpoint of like, okay, well, this explains my personality, but more importantly, how do I apply that personality to something That's a great uh, that, that I'm good at and, mm-hmm. and I can make money doing and, and I really love doing. Yeah. And so that is ultimately what uh, the what is your what framework is all about is helping people gain clarity around what their core gift is, the vehicle uh, that they will use to share that gift, uh, and the people that they're most compelled to serve. And, uh, and I can look at you and I can know pretty quickly, I think, what, uh, what your gift vehicle and people are, but uh, you know, most people aren't nearly that clear. Yeah. Well, I think, I think you have a really good point there. Often there's a, a huge disconnect when it comes to perhaps one of the Myers-Briggs or what colors your parachute or um, your uh, many different assessments like that is because we understand then, the, I guess, the, the baseline or the, the, 
the perception of just our personality overall, that profile that's created. But then what? What do you do with it? So just because I have this personality profile doesn't mean I then know what to do. So I think it's a great point specifically in your book, which helps you find that vehicle, which helps you find, kind of wraps it all up into into a beautiful bow in the sense of this is what you can do. And so it kind of gives them a framework and gives them the ability to kind of map out their own what, their own who, and, you know, to figure that out so that it is much more doable because I think there, that it can be so overwhelming for people to say, okay, now what? Now that I know what my marriage brig, what my personality traits are, and what do I do with that? And so I, I'm really glad to hear that your book goes through the specifics of that, of kind of given that roadmap to figure that out for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that's exactly right. I mean, once you understand what your core gift is, it then becomes a question of how are you going to apply that and who are you going to serve? Mm-hmm. And so I think if you can answer those three questions, what is my core gift? What is the primary vehicle I'll use to share that gift? And who am I most compelled to serve? Uh, it gives you a, a pretty clear path uh, towards how you can impact not only those who share this lifetime with you, but also those of lives and lifetimes to come. Mm-hmm. And the legacy that you create, definitely. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I do think it is interesting because many times, you know, if I'm working with, with a client when it comes to life coaching or just or psychotherapy, whatever it might be, I think so many times people, when they have this perception of wanting to have a change, sometimes people become so overwhelmed by it because they feel like they have to figure it out all at once. So for me, for example, I moved away from Washington, D.C. area to come down here. And I, this, I, for me personally, I, I kind of mapped it out a couple years in advance and then eventually rolled it out. But I think so many times when people say, oh, this is what I want to do, and then they think they have to know all of it from the beginning to the end, and they can't really start something until they have mapped it out 100% or until they know all the cogs and the wheels and how that really rolls out for them. So one thing I always like people to do, and I'm sure you do this as well, is having them go in a much more one step at a time because you know there's, there's two, really two steps when it comes to decision-making. The first step is gathering information, and that sounds like what your book is doing. And then the second part is action. So you, sometimes people put those two together, gathering information and action, and sometimes they jump the gun a bit. And I think that's where many times people think, oh, I failed, I can't do it. Well, if it's, it's just simply sometimes when we put two things together instead of the, the, the first part of just information gathering, then it affords us the ability to then say, now what? What is this informed decision I'm going to make to be able to find this vehicle, to be able to really launch out in this new venture that I think is healthiest for me? Yeah. Yeah, and and really, I mean, I think that we it's good to have goals and it's good to know generally where mm-hmm. you want to be. Uh, but at the same token, same token, life doesn't happen in, in you know in the future, yeah. right? I mean, it, it it happens right here. It happens right now. So one of the mantras that I like to use is that life starts over right now, you know, and, and it starts over again right now. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, reality is we have the choice in terms of what we're going to do in, in this moment and in every moment that follows. And so if we get too caught up in what we want or, or what we think we need to do, uh, or even, you know, are we truly doing what it is that we're supposed to be doing and all of these questions that so many of us have, we forget that mm, there's some pretty interesting things taking place around us in this very moment. Yes. And I believe everything is divinely appointed in our life uh, that people can take that from the true sense of the divine or just in the universe, however they want to do that. But there, things are put in our place uh, or put in our life 
all the time. And that's when we have, when we look around, because if we become too myopic or too insular, we don't see all these wonderful opportunities that are literally in front of us. And so that, that constant reframe, just like you said, that mantra of it starts over now, it starts over now. So if I'm caught in something from yesterday, well, that's going to stop me from what I can receive today in this moment to get me what I, to, to help me get to the next step in my life, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no point well taken. And, uh, and also I do think that, you know, for most people, they live really by the, the whims and the agendas of others. Mm-hmm. And, and I do think it's, it's super important to reclaim, you know, who you are. It doesn't mean you have to completely change your life, but I do think you got to shed some of the shackles uh, of, the, of that which has been holding you to, to where you are. Exactly. And, it, it goes uh, back to that want, that want versus need. I want to please everybody versus I need to set boundaries. I need to be the person I'm supposed to be. Yeah, there you go. Tell me more about the reinvention radio. So as we segue into the next part of it, because you, you do so much, like I said. So with the reinvention radio, it, it sounds as if you had to reinvent yourself in multiple ways, or you chose to reinvent yourself in multiple ways to help other people find their own path. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I mean, I have, I have always been enamored with people who have done one thing in their lives mm-hmm. and then turned around and, and have done something completely different, you know, because it's just, it's so interesting how some of us let what has transpired in our lives define us Yes, and others just simply say, okay, you know, that happened and that's all well and good, but I'm going to learn from that. And I'm going to move forward from that. Yes. And so I, uh, I, I love sharing the stories uh, of those who have, either reinvented their life in a in a specific way uh, or have reinvented a, a particular industry or, you know, something, you know, re- business related. And so that's what we do on Reinvention Radio is we really share uh, the stories of those who are dismantling the status quo, as we say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes it, it's it's on a personal level and other times it's uh, on a business level. But, yeah, we. Uh, We've been fortunate to have some pretty amazing folks join us from the Simon Sinek's and Sally Hogshead and J.J. Versions and Yannick Silvers of the world to, to people who have survived foster care and people who have, uh, you know, just had the, these crazy goes in life. You just never would imagine the stories that people have. Yeah. And, uh, and that's the beauty of the shows. We get to share it. That's amazing. And it's just very similar to Lifeology as, itself is we all have a lesson to teach each other. And so that can be simply watching someone from afar or just simply speaking to them, just like the way I'm speaking with you as well. But we all have this beautiful exchange that we, if we're obviously looking for it, we'll be able to learn the lessons from each other. So I come from it from a slightly different approach, but it sounds like um, our message is, is very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and look, re- reality is reinvention in my way of thinking isn't at all about changing anything about who you are. Uh, it's really just getting back to the core, to the essence uh, of who you were already made to be. Yeah. Well, why do you think so many people lose that sense of self or sense of purpose? You know, I, I really think that it just boils down to we get caught up in this whirlwind of responsibilities. And typically what happens is you go to to school, uh, like college, and then you come home from college and you don't want to live with your parents anymore. So you scrape together a few bucks or you get a roommate or whatever it might be and you you move out and then you get these bills and you're like, geez, I got to 
pay for this stuff. So you get a job or sometimes any job just to be able to to pay for your expenses and avoid moving back home. And uh, and then, you know, you get a little bit uh, more money. So you buy something a little bit nicer. Or you move to a little bit of a nicer place. And uh, and then you're like, wait a minute, now we got more expenses. So now you got to stay in that job. And it just becomes this, you know, this, this uh, sort of descending spiral, if you will, of responsibilities. And, uh, and I think it just never really, you never, it's like once you put that grease on the bottom of your boots, you know, as you're going down that hill, it's just kind of really hard. It's really hard to, to regain your footing. Yeah. Well, I think, it, I think you had a really good point in the sense of sometimes what, what works to sustain us was never meant to be the paradigm or the way we look at the world the same way. So for example, if you take a job in a place you don't necessarily want to work or want to be in that field, but you do it because you need finances. Well, that's honorable. But then all of a sudden that becomes, well, if that worked now, we don't really reinvent ourselves, if you will, I'm totally using your words, uh, or re- really reshift our perception. What worked for that moment does not mean that that's what's going to work in the next moment. And so I think just really continually being aware of, find, you know, asking yourself, well, am I, am I going in the direction that I feel is healthy or not? What, what worked for me to work in this career because I made money? Well, now I have money. So if I, was only, <laughs> if I originally only wanted to work there for maybe six months to get you know, a certain amount of money, well, now I'm at seven months. Why am I still working mm-hmm. here? Have I not, why am I not re-asking myself that question? And I think so many times when we have this perception of where we want to go, just like you said, we lose that, lose sight of it. And then all of a sudden we're doing the same thing, but it's much more, maybe slightly different different output, but it really is the same mentality or same motivation. We're just doing something to put out the fire for the moment. And that is simply existing and that's not really thriving. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, look, uh, I'm not mm, here to be judgmental by any stretch in terms of what people do uh, and, and, and how they make money or, you know, I mean, look, we all have responsibilities. We (laughs) have, mouths to feed and and bills to pay. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would just simply suggest that if you're not thrilled or fulfilled uh, by what it is that you are doing during those daytime hours, uh, that you just be very clear on what it is that you do uh, in the hours that you're not behind that desk or working retail or whatever it is, because there's a lot of hours in the day. And there certainly are. And I think that's the whole thing. It just goes back to a balanced life. <laughs> you know, sometimes I tell people, it's sometimes just as simple as, do I feel really good about this or do I feel really badly about this? In other words, that, mm-hmm. that simple barometer of good, bad. And if we feel badly about something, well, then stop it <laughs> or reframe it or do it in a different way or, or mm-hmm. come up with a plan until you can maybe do something different. It doesn't have to be like this huge life change, but it's just simply in the moment, if I'm conversing with someone that I don't really, I don't really afterwards, I don't feel really good about it. Well, then just simply stop or simply avoid it or set a boundary so you don't speak to that person, you know, continually have to have this interaction. Or there's multiple ways in which we can input these uh, type of boundaries or changes in our life, but it just simply is in the moment, if I don't feel good about it, then stop. And if I do feel really good about it and it's healthy for me, let me do more of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, look, I mean, that, there's obviously um, sort of a threshold on where if we do too much that, that feels good, then we forget about the realities of life, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't aspire to have everything feel good, but I do think that there's something to be said for the trials and the tribulations and just uh, really what transpires in our lives that makes us appreciate uh, when things are going really well. Exactly. And I think it goes back to what you said earlier, that some people get stuck in what was and what they experienced versus 
it was a, a stepping stone or assembly block, but then became a stepping stone. You know, the whole concept of do we become what we experience or does that experience just be a part of the tapestry of our life? You know, one of those jigsaw puzzles, if you look at that, that's just simply a piece in the puzzle to create the beautiful tapestry of who I am today. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Love that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> if my listeners would like to find out more information about you, about your book, about everything you're doing, because you've done so many fantastic things, where will they find your information online? Well, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about the book, right? Uh-huh. So I, I certainly encourage people to grab a free copy of the book because we do give the book away for free. So folks can grab a, a free copy at whatisyourwhat.com forward slash free. So whatisyourwhat.com slash free. And, uh, and then, you know, if, uh, if reinvention radio, you listen to podcasts, if that seems uh, like something you want to check out, then uh, I certainly encourage you to take a listen to reinvention radio for sure. And that's on all podcasting platforms like iTunes, Google play, everything. You can it do. is. Yeah. You can find it pretty much everywhere. Wonderful. Well, Steve, thank you so much for being a guest on my show today. I truly appreciated having this wonderful conversation with you. And I look forward to speaking with you again very soon. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. I also want to thank you, my listener, for joining with me today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with me. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for my newsletter, enroll in the Lifeology Academy, watch my YouTube episodes, and read all the articles I've written just for you. If you'd like to become a guest or advertise on my show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. You may also follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Have a fantastic day, and I look forward to speaking with you very soon.